first things first, we've got a small announcement before the podcast starts. Or not small, it's kind of big. The Techish Podcast is joining the HubSpot Podcast Network. So we're going to be alongside a, a bunch of other amazing podcasts like My First Million, Side Hustle Pro, and a whole bunch of other secret gems of podcasts that you're going to love to hear about. So first things first, don't worry, nothing's going to change <laughs> dramatically about the Techish Podcast. We're still going to be the same old podcast, except that from time to time, we're going to big up a whole bunch of dope podcasts that you may not have heard of. The first one I've got to shine the light on is called Inclusion and Marketing by Sonia Thompson. It's a great must-listen podcast for any marketing professional. I tuned in and I heard so many gems within the first five minutes. I was like, damn. So the first one I heard was... The first thing you need to know about me is that I'm not you, Gem. Second one I heard is inclusion requires decentering yourself. Essentially, listen, your lived experience is not going to be everyone else's lived experience. And if you're trying to market to the general population, you definitely got to decenter yourself so that you can fully target all your potential consumers. So check it out, inclusion and marketing on all good podcast apps. The link is in the show notes. Go support that. Yo, everybody, welcome back to a brand new Techish. I'm your host, Abadesi, founder and CEO of Hustle Crew on a mission to make your workplace more inclusive. And I'm joined by no one. Sadly, Michael has a personal emergency and he won't be able to record with me today. So you get me, myself, and I for the next 20 or so minutes. And with that, let's jump into the latest tech stories. So we got to cover OpenAI, specifically Microsoft's planned investment to invest $10 billion in OpenAI. This is the startup behind the viral tool ChatGPT, which we called on the last episode or a few episodes ago, the jobs killer, because let's face it, that thing can write copy better than me. So the deal would value OpenAI at $29 billion, which quite frankly, for something that could probably replace most desk jobs, might even be a little low. Anyway, that's my hot take. The deal isn't finalized yet, but term sheets have been exchanged and the deal will probably be closing really soon. It means Microsoft is going to get 75% share of OpenAI's profits until it makes back money on the investment. And it's very likely that Microsoft is going to just immediately add functions like ChatGPT to the tools that you're familiar with, whether that's Word, email, Excel, Teams, etc. Now, if you haven't had a chance to play with ChatGPT yet, I highly encourage you to. Doesn't take long to set up an account online, start playing around with it. I had some fun with ChatGPT trying to get it to do my job. I asked ChatGPT to write diversity and inclusion statements for companies. I asked ChatGPT how to respond to conflict. I asked ChatGPT how to show vulnerability and compassion. It's certainly not perfect. It can probably handle more simple, less nuanced prompts at this stage in time, but it's still an incredibly powerful tool. And I think it's been really interesting for me to see how quickly other creator tools have already started adapting AI writing technology. I was on Canva the other day. A lot of you probably know Canva. It's one of the most valued companies by a female founder because it's a unicorn. And they are used for making flyers, social posts. Many of you probably use them yourself. And I noticed that they've already got an AI writing tool. So yeah, I can see more and more people using this. I don't write a lot of code. I'm not a software engineer, but I know software engineers have been loving ChatGPT's ability to help them solve problems faster than scrolling through Stack Overflow. So yeah, this is really exciting. This is, I guess, Microsoft's way of cementing their dominance in like corporate tools in the future. They didn't build this tool, but they're acquiring it. <laughs> so it adds value to their suite of products. I'm a pretty loyal Apple user, so most most longtime listeners will know that. But 
a lot of the offices I've worked at in the past were on the Microsoft Office suite. So, you know, we know that Microsoft is really good at acquiring tools that will be useful in the office of the future. So congrats to OpenAI team. This is a pretty sweet investment for them. So let's move into the world of black business. Now, if you are following the news of hair care brand Miel, you might know that since going viral on TikTok, they have been acquired by Procter and Gamble. So this has caused quite a riff in the black community. Now, some of y'all might be old enough to remember Carol's daughter before it was acquired too. As someone who has, you know, textured hair, I spent a lot of my childhood struggling to find hair products that worked for me. And I was so happy when my little sister introduced me to Carol's daughter leave-in conditioner. I was still a student in London at the time. I think she was still in high school in America. And she would mail me bottles of this leave-in conditioner and it would just give my curls the bounce that they needed. Ugh, it was joyful. But then Carol's daughter got acquired. And when it got acquired, I don't know what they did to the recipe. I'm guessing they had to make it more profitable. They had to make it more scalable. But let's just say my curls were not bouncing the way they used to. Some people say that, you know, when black hair care products get acquired by these big mainstream brands, they get whitewashed. It happened with Shea Moisture. Shea Moisture was an independent black brand for textured hair, curly hair, Afro hair. It got acquired and then got a lot of heat for a campaign that featured mostly white people, I think one person of color, and people said, not again, not another amazing independent black brand getting whitewashed for the mainstream. So when Miel Organics announced that it will be joining Procter & Gamble Beauty alongside long time famous brands like Always and Olay, a collective groan shouted out across black Twitter. This is because people just felt like, here it happens again. Finally, we get something that works for us, that's good, that's in the community. But look, let's face it, capitalism isn't going anywhere. When entrepreneurs like myself build a business, we often do have an exit in mind, whether that's cashing out, eventually selling on, being acquired, being acquired. Growth is a sign of success in this system that we're operating in. And I am not going to hate on the founders of Miel Organics, because let's face it, as much as we need Black-owned brands and products that cater to us, we also need rich Black people. We need rich Black people and rich brown people to have influence in the world, to shape politics, to shape legal systems, to shape society. And every time a Black brand gets acquired by a bigger business, we make more Black millionaires and future, hopefully, Black billionaires. So let's not hate on that, okay? Let's not hate on that. Another organic hair care brand will eventually arrive and y'all can flock to that if this one gets too whitewashed and then pray that they get an exit too and move on to the next one. So let's celebrate Black exits. Let's celebrate growth. Y'all will be fine. Y'all will be fine. Your hair will be fine. You can make your own products if it means that much to you. That's my hot take. But if you disagree, make sure you jump in the chat using hashtag techish on Twitter or tag us on any platform at TechishPod. Let's talk about JP Morgan now. So it looks like we got a new female founder scammer in the mix. A new Elizabeth Holmes-like character has landed on the scene, this time in the form of a former Forbes 30 under 30 
winner. Actually, to be fair, maybe Forbes 30 under 30 haven't even rescinded her title yet. But here's the story. There is a startup called Frank, a fintech startup that is now being sued by JP Morgan, Chase and Co. Frank was a financial planning platform for college students that JP Morgan acquired in 2021. As it turns out, they lied about how many users they have. They lied to the count of 4 million fake customer accounts. Now, JP Morgan Chase paid the founder, Charlie Javis, and the chief growth officer, Olivier Amar, over $175 million to buy this company, which it now realizes ain't the company they thought it would be. Now, how JP Morgan and Chase Co.'s due diligence failed to identify this before signing that check baffles me. Frankly, it baffles me. I don't know like what level of privilege you need to be writing that people don't even like check whether or not your user accounts are actually your user accounts. But that's to one side. They got caught up in the hype. They got caught up in the accolades. They handed over the money and now they want it back. Sigh. I mean, did we learn nothing from watching Bad Blood? Come on, people. I just feel like how many times are people just going to let themselves be scammed by other scammers? And I don't know, like, I feel really torn about this. On the one hand, I feel like this is really sad because it's so difficult for female founders to get funding. We get single digit percentages of the whole VC pot that comes out every year. Black women get like the slitheriest, slimmest slice of that. And Every time a woman scams, like Elizabeth Holmes, like Charlie Javis, she makes it one million times harder for the next woman. And as someone that spent a lot of 2016 and 2017 unsuccessfully pitching to VCs, not getting any term sheets when I first started my company, Hustle Crew, which I wanted to build up to be this, you know, incredible career coaching, career development platform for women. It hurts. It hurts that the people who then did get the chance lied to get it and squandered it all away to make it harder for the next ones. But I mean, I don't know. It's hard at the same time to not expect this to happen when you read stories like Almeida and Sam Bankman Fried and what was happening in crypto and realized that in a way, scammers are everywhere. This VC game is so flawed. You get more out of selling a vision than you do out of selling reality. You're not encouraged to create profit or sustainability, you're encouraged to just dominate and destroy, you know, start new frontiers. And I don't know, it's really difficult, I guess, to distinguish like what's real potential from what's just nonsense, really, smoke and mirrors. But it seems like we have more smoke and mirrors than anything else. And yeah, it's a sad day for female founders when a woman gets busted like that. But let's hope that this doesn't become a case study and rather this becomes an anomaly, but a cautionary tale. And I mean, really the guilty party here is JP Morgan, Chase & Co. I'm sorry, with all that money, you can do proper due diligence. Now you're finding it out. Now you're suing them. I mean, that's on you. But let's hope justice is done. And let's hope this doesn't impact women's ability to fundraise in future. Okay, listeners, let's leave it there. And we'll be back after this short break. Hey listeners, when was the last time you heard someone say it's almost too easy when talking about a piece of tech? 
Probably never, right? Because tech usually isn't easy. Tech is usually too complicated, too busy, and too frustrating when it should be just plain easy. HubSpot CRM platform is ridiculously easy to learn, use, and love, as we've loved at the Hustle Crew team headquarters. That's because it's a handcrafted, sophisticated system designed for the way teams actually work. Not a bunch of cobbled together tools that don't speak to each other. Super simple, a suite of powerful tools that seamlessly connect your teams and customizable hubs that you can add or subtract as you grow. It's not almost too easy to use. It's easy to use, period, especially for distributed remote teams like mine. So learn how HubSpot can help your business grow better at HubSpot.com. Hey listeners, here's a special announcement about some free training that I am putting on for anyone who has been impacted by tech layoffs. So if you've been laid off or let down at work recently, or you just want to really refocus your career this year to maximize your earnings on your terms, then you should come along to tomorrow's free webinar, Layoffs to Lemonade. You can register on bit.ly forward slash layoffs to lemonade and learn directly from me how to choose the right social platform to build your audience and community, how to overcome that fear of putting yourself out there, and basically how to become more consistent with your personal branding so that you can land press features, paid consulting gigs, paid speaking gigs, just like me. It's only one hour of your time at 6 p.m. GMT, 1 p.m. Eastern time, or 10 a.m. West Coast time. So I really hope to see you there. Layoffs to Lemonade, your chance to build a career you want on your terms and earn what you deserve. So let's jump into some stories about Black excellence, my favorite kind of excellence. Huge congrats to the amazing Angela Bassett for winning her Golden Globe Award for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. She is the first actor to earn a major award for a Marvel movie. Hashtag Black Girl Magic. Hashtag She Amazing. Hashtag What's Love Got to Do With It is genuinely one of the best movies ever. One of the best biopics. And if you have not watched Angela Bassett in that, go back. Go back and put respect on the name. But yeah, huge, huge, huge shout out to Angela Bassett. Side note about the Golden Globes. If you haven't seen Eddie Murphy's hot take on how to succeed in the industry, no spoilers, but go watch that clip right now. It's going to make you laugh. All right. So if have been awake and paying attention this past week, then you have probably been hearing all the buzz about Prince Harry's biography spare. I was in the supermarket last night doing my dinner shopping and it was on the shelf. So I decided to have a little flick through of it, but it's been really interesting to see all of the press's reaction to this biopic quotation marks leaking early. Who knows if it did or that was just a press play. But anyway, it's been fascinating to see how people have reacted, how people have responded. He's been getting a lot of vitriol and a lot of hatred. I'm not going to lie. And I think a lot of people are still not quite sure where they want to place Harry and Meghan on their spectrum of good to bad, liked to loathed. Can't deny that we're obsessed with them. We want to know everything about them. And we especially want to know all the inner workings of the royal family 
because all of us who have to, you know, function in capitalism, actually going to work to make ends meet, just marvel at the fact that here's a really rich group of people who do nothing all day. That's what I think about anyway. So it's been really interesting to see people's reaction to Spare, of course, referencing the fact that he is the Spare. He is not the heir to the throne. He's only the heir if Will dies, although he's left the royal family now. So that's not happening. I think my best hot take that I've seen on this came from Kolechnikov. Please check her out on social media. She's been doing a lot of media features talking about it, talking specifically about the hatred that he's getting. And I think, you know, what she said is he has left the royal family and he is now on a journey to carve out a new identity that's separate to them. So he wants to get it all out there so he can leave it all behind and start something new so that in the future, no one ever comes to him, you know, hanging these stories over his head. He's putting it all out there so they don't have power over him. And so he can move on. And I agree with that interpretation. And he's extremely candid and extremely honest in the book. From the few pages that I flicked through, you can tell I was too cheap to buy it. Sorry, Harry, I will buy it eventually. From the few pages I flicked through, I appreciated his very, you know, vulnerable writing style. He writes in almost a stream of consciousness style way, like a journal entry, like a diary entry, which I actually also think is like a really creative approach to memoir. I recently read Mariah Carey's memoir. I read Viola Davis's memoir. Usually when high profile people write a memoir or biopic, they tend to get a ghostwriter to make it sound very eloquent and wonderful. And there was something very raw and honest about this, which I thought was super interesting. And let's face it, we're living in an age where the mental health crisis is impacting men, cisgendered, heterosexual men, just like Harry. And we can't deny the fact that a lot of people are dying by suicide. So I think to have such a high profile person step out into the spotlight and talk about really tough things that they've been through, grieving their mother, feeling isolated in their family, feeling bullied by their older brother. These are things that men are facing every day, but do not feel they have the right or the power or the courage to speak on those things. So when someone like Prince Harry, who's so famous and has been so famous for so long, steps into the spotlight and shows that vulnerability and says, hey, I have been hurt and I am hurting and I don't have all the answers, but I want to talk about it so that this pain no longer has any power over me and so I can move on and so I can normalize this kind of behavior, I have to applaud it. I really do. So, you know, respect to Harry and... To anyone that's hating on them, I mean, whatever, it's your right to hate, but like, why are you spending your precious time like going on the internet (laughs) to hate on like some super rich, happy person who quite frankly doesn't even know you exist? That's weird. But the other thing I wanted to say on this is, I think one of the reasons why we're so obsessed with Harry and Meghan is the UK has a shortage of high profile interracial couples. Like in America, you have so many, so many. They have reality shows. Kim and Ye aren't together anymore, but they were there. John Legend and his wife. Like there are all these famous interracial couples doing their beautiful multicultural thing. We haven't really had this level of high profile interracial couples since like what? Iman and David Bowie? Like, come on, we need more. We need more. If you are listening and you are currently potentially about to date someone from another race, I highly encourage you to do it and then become famous and fill this gap, please. That's my ask. 
Okay, well, hopefully you haven't missed Michael too much on this episode. I know that I certainly have. While you are still here, make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you are listening to us. Share this episode with a friend. If you want to chime in on any of the topics that I've covered, remember you can use hashtag Techish on Twitter or you can follow us on the platform and tag us at TechishPod, Instagram, TikTok. We'll hear your comments. And last but not least, leave us a review, won't you? They mean so much to us. That's it for me. Thanks for listening. Bye. Yo, everyone, welcome to a brand new segment where me and Abadesi get to plug anything we want. <laughs> um, basically, this week I go first. So what I got to plug is pocketjobs.com. It's the best job board out there for POC looking for a brand new role, looking for a challenge. So it being layoff season, if you've been laid off, if your friend's been laid off, or you're just thinking, I need to make more money, you know where to go. Pocketjobs.com, P-O-C-I-T jobs.com we've got companies like twitter hiring we got asana we got mode we got intuit whole bunch of bad boy companies you know what to do pocketjobs.com the link will be in the show notes and uh, yeah peace